Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. I have a gut feeling that at some point in your day today, you have felt a bit rushed or triggered or stressed. And if you didn't, you probably know someone very close to you that did. Now, I know I did because my schedule was crazy overbooked with meetings and household items and things that I needed to get done before we had friends visiting for four days. Now, although this may not have been my typical day, a lot of my days have felt this way given my schedule. In this season of my life with a very busy toddler running from one thing to the next, and honestly, I can almost not keep up with him, along with my business and family obligations, I find myself activating my stress response system more than I have in the past three years. As a fierce mama who overcompensates at times for my own childhood trauma, I have felt the weight of stress many days and even felt triggered by guilt and shame. And not gonna lie, I have not always been easy on myself. And man, do I feel the effects of that. Now, I am no stranger to an overactivated stress response system. In some ways, because they are long-standing neurological patterns, my body is practically addicted to overfiring my corticosteroids, like cortisol and adrenaline, which leads to surging cortisol levels until eventually, after too many days of that, less and less cortisol due to the body putting up protective barriers. And can you blame our body for putting up protective barriers when we're constantly firing off this stress response system, putting us in survival mode? Not at all. So even though I thought I healed a lot of this patterning, it's clear to me that there is still more work to do And that work is daily practice. If there is one thing that I've walked away in my journey with stress and cortisol and hormone issues, it is consistency on a day-to-day basis. That is how we make change in our body on a physiological level. Now, I want you to know that if you are feeling rushed or stressed or burned out, I feel you. You are not alone. There are millions of us riding the fine line of handling business and protecting our body from too much oxidative stress. There are millions of us who are doing the best to schedule in self-care, and sometimes we fall short and ultimately feel less resourced as a result. And there are millions of us that are frequently activating our stress response system unconsciously every single day because we're just trying to get things done the way that they need to get done so that we take care of the people that matter most to us And we aren't always fully aware of the health consequences because of that frequent activation. And that's why today's episode is devoted to you and the effective ways to lower the stress response system and high levels of cortisol, which are a result of that overactivation. Now, I'm going to be sharing today five ways that we can work to reverse this vicious stress response cycle and address the survival hormone cascade, starting with that elevated cortisol. And let me tell you, I am so excited to share these five ways that you can begin to implement today. But first, I wanna just take a moment because I know sometimes it's hard to identify if we are feeling stressed and burned out because we have normalized so much of it, right? We're just doing what we need to do. We're just handling business. We're just showing up. 
and not realizing that a lot of this way of operating is wearing us down over time. So I'm going to share some of the signs that I actually have in a chapter of my newest book, The EO Menopause Solution, which I can't even believe is almost a year old this month in April. I can't believe I launched that book when I had a four and a half month old. That was that was crazy. So here are 10 plus surprising signs and symptoms um, if you are dealing with stress or your stress is at a tipping point and that you may have surging cortisol levels. So this will just give you a sense of what's going on with your body. If you can relate to three or more of any of these things, it's time to reevaluate what in your daily life isn't serving you and consider adding one or two of the five ways to lower elevated stress and cortisol levels. So here we go. Let's do this quick little assessment. Do you find yourself saying statements like, I gotta go, I'm running late, or I'm super busy? You find that your calendar is consistently overscheduled. You find that you're upset when plans change unexpectedly. You feel irritated when obligations stack up and you're not able to handle them. You often feel overwhelmed by the lack of support you have every day. You wake up feeling like there isn't enough time in the day to get everything you need to get done. You find yourself sighing a lot. You go to bed worrying that you did not finish your to-do list or the things that you needed to get done. You frequently feel like there's always something more you should have done right now or during the day. You find yourself craving a salty or sugary snack in the middle of the day around two or three o'clock. You feel wired and tired. You feel exhausted in the middle of the day at around 3 or 4 p.m. You can't turn off all the thoughts in your mind when you're trying to go to sleep. You rarely feel like you are completely on top of things. You don't remember simple things like where you forgot your glasses or where you put your keys or that word at the tip of your tongue. You get sick easily. Coughs and infections take a long time to resolve when you do get sick. You have no willpower when it comes to food, especially carby foods. You need caffeine to function throughout the day. You feel unmotivated to do things you used to like to do. I know it's a big list, but just take a moment, tally up your score. If you need to go back and listen, just rewind a couple times, um, tally it up and, and you can just do a mental tally, right? And how did you do? Now, if you resonated with three plus examples, like I did, I'm not gonna lie, as I was reading this list today, I was like, ooh, I've got a couple of these right now. You are activating your stress response system more often than you think, leading most likely to deregulated cortisol levels and hormone levels. I, I fully believe, especially based on the research, that activating our stress response system and deregulated cortisol levels is one of the biggest reasons why women struggle with hormonal imbalance and men too, both of us, both men and women. Men are not immune to stress, absolutely not. And so what I wanna share is the problem, which is this nonstop sense of urgency driving our body into survival mode. And we're not meant to live like this every moment of the day, like life is life or death. 90% of the time, as I mentioned, that main hormone is cortisol which ends up disrupting other hormones because it is known as a teardown hormone. It's a survival hormone. It's tearing things down so that we can survive. Now your body makes cortisol in response to stress and most of us run around stressed so much that our cortisol is super crazy elevated or at some point eventually it drops down to you know nothing. Now high or deregulated cortisol levels wreak havoc on our body 
over time, depleting our happy brain chemicals like serotonin and dopamine, robbing us of our sleep and making us store fat, especially in our organs and our belly. High cortisol is also linked to anxiety, fatigue, migraines, food addiction, and brain fog. Any of those sound familiar? I know the, I know that list all too well. That was literally my list for a very long time. Now, since the root cause is usually an overacted stress response system due to, it could be previous traumas, it can be perceived stresses, it could be the onslaught of to-do list that you've got going on, it could be the relationship that you're struggling with. At the end of the day, we've got to be able to reset the cortisol, we've got to be able to reset the way that our brain is responding to these stressors in our life. Now, any other attempts to fix other hormones will likely fail if the long-term rayward stress response system is not addressed. Like we have to address this first and foremost. We can work on insulin and metabolic hormones, but if we don't fix cortisol, it's gonna keep driving hyperinsulinemia, right? We can work on low levels of progesterone, but if we don't fix cortisol, progesterone is always gonna struggle. So again, just note that this is the linchpin for so many of the issues that are going on in our body. I call it a silent killer. So what I wanna share is my top five ways to lower the stress response system and elevated cortisol as a result. And note that these five ways are not only effective, but also a lot of them are very easy because at the end of the day, the last thing I wanna do is give you a bunch of stuff to do and you already have too big of a list, right? That doesn't help anybody. Like that definitely doesn't help you. So the first thing I recommend is proactively sending the brain safety signals. Now I've talked a little bit about this on the show, but I wanna go into it a little bit more. And here's the thing, the brain is automatically wired to sense and perceive danger because once upon a time, we needed our brain to do that in order to survive. So your brain automatically goes to stress mode, survival mode, stranger danger mode, whether you want it or not. That's just what the brain does. It thinks it's protecting you from the external world. And, you know, although those same dangers don't exist anymore, the tigers, the crazy wilderness, whatever we were fending off many, 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 many years ago, like a long, long time ago, tens of thousands of years ago, our brain is still looking out for anything that it can perceive as danger to us based on our previous experiences. So a great way to lower the brain's overactive response system is to proactively send the brain safety signals even before you find yourself experiencing stress or panic. So like before you get into your day-to-day, right? So safety signals to the brain are powerful and effective. And they tell the brain that everything is okay and there is nothing to freak out about. So safety signals come in the form of self-care, affirmations, meditation, a walk outside, day setting so that your brain knows that you've got a plan for the day, gratitude showers, and breath work. And real quick on gratitude showers. So one of the things that we do in our family is in the morning, we do a gratitude shower where basically we shower each other with gratitude. So I shower Alex and Kingston with gratitude. Alex showers me and Kingston with gratitude. And then at some point when Kingston is able to participate, which in he does is in his own way now, he's going to have his things that he's going to be grateful for too. So we do these gratitude showers just to like start our day with that higher level energy, that good energy. And then breath work. I think, oh my gosh, breath is such a powerful way to reduce the 
one, help to support our vagal tone, to reduce the survival mechanisms, and to just you know, give our diaphragm, give our body a moment to just relax. That's what I love about breath work. Now, safety signals work best for me personally in the mornings because one, that's when I have time for myself. It's really the only time I have time for myself. And it's a time where I get super clear on what I want my day to look like, how I want my day to unfold. When I do the morning gratitude shower with Alex and Kingston, my brain is at ease along with the day setting, the breath work, the essential oils that I use, the walk outside, like all of that is priming my body and my brain that everything is good, that everything is safe. And one of my favorite affirmations that I've been loving to say is nothing is wrong. Nothing is wrong. I got a house over my head. I've got food in the fridge. Everyone in my family is safe. Nothing is wrong. It's been a game changer for me because so often I can get caught up in a bunch of stuff. And at the end of the day, nothing is wrong. Everything's fine. But I like nothing is wrong more than everything is fine. It's just kind of been my affirmation. All right. Number two, The second thing I want to recommend is a mindful meditation for five to 10 minutes. If you can do 10 to 15 minutes, even better. Now, I say 10 to 15 minutes because I personally love Ziva meditation, which encompasses mindfulness, manifesting, and meditation, right? It has all the pieces. And I just had the creator of Ziva, Emily Fletcher, one of my best friends on the show, episode 352. And the whole episode was the number one most important thing we can do to tame feeling overwhelmed, stressed, and triggered. Literally this conversation today and her meditation is designed to do in the morning and the afternoon and usually in the afternoon before the evening. So you can just kind of clear your mind, clear the gunk, get realigned and, you know, let go of whatever traumas and triggers and stuff that's coming up that day and get you ready and geared up for the rest of your afternoon and your evening. So I highly recommend it. Definitely go check out that episode and go check out Ziva Meditation. Number three, get in the habit of tracking your heart rate variability. So your heart rate variability is the pattern of your heart rate. You want high variability between the time of each heartbeat. Now research proves that when your heart rate variability is high or optimized, your body is showing better stress resilience and health. Now a low HRV, a heart rate variability, may indicate less resilience and greater stress. Now the way that I love to check my heart rate variability is with a technology called HeartMath. I also use my Whoop Strap. My Whoop Strap is constantly measuring my heart rate variability and making sure that it's in its optimal range. And what I love so much about the HeartMath technology is that you can go from feeling severely anxious and stressed and by plugging in the HeartMath device, which connects to an app on your phone, super easy to do, it can help you get into heart coherence and optimize your heart rate variability by breathing and calming down your central nervous system. It's phenomenal. It works in just like a couple of minutes. Now, this is what I've always loved about this technology is its ability to show you if you're in coherence with your body or not, meaning if you're stressed or not. I mean, if you were wondering if you were stressed or not, this device, this technology will tell you like it doesn't lie. Right? I love that. I always was like, because so often I didn't know. I was like, am I stressed or am I like just killing it right now? No, I was absolutely stressed. And so this type of technology can let you know that. 
Now I know what it feels like when I'm stressed. I just know it because I've lived it for so long, but it is always nice to have that validation. Now the goal for this heart math technology is to move you back into coherence, back into balance, release stress, and over time build resilience so that that same stressor doesn't have the same impact on you over time, which is the, that's the name of the game, right? The things that used to trigger you up they just don't work on, they don't trigger you up anymore. And as you bring your physical, mental, and emotional systems into coherent alignment, you begin to experience increased access to your heart's intuitive guidance because your heart is so, so powerful, right? We know that. And tuning into your heart's wisdom creates a profound shift within that helps you approach situations with more emotional balance, compassion, clarity, and personal confidence. This is great to have at work or by your bedside at night or when you get home from work to just check and see if you're in coherence, see where your heart rate variability is, and then get guided into relaxing all of your stress away. This is what I love about it. Now, if you don't ever get your hands on the heart math technology or anything that helps to measure heart rate variability, Also note that meditation creates heart coherence too. So 10 to 15 minutes of meditation once a day, twice a day will move you back into heart coherence. And some of us will need it twice a day depending on how stressful and how crazy life is. And honestly, if we don't have 30 minutes or 20 minutes in the day to just focus on realigning our bodies, like what hope is there for us, right? It's a a little overwhelming, but what I mean by that is like, it's got to be important, right? It's got to be non-negotiable because gosh, the alternative is not fun at all, right? No energy, feeling not like yourself, brain fogged, just off, right? And so that's why I totally, I just really want to emphasize meditation. I at least meditate once a day for 15 minutes. And I'll tell you what, it has made all the difference. All right, number four, we're getting there. Reduce caffeine and alcohol. It's the combo. You got to reduce both. So here's the thing about caffeine. Caffeine specifically induces adrenocortical cells, which these are cells inside of the adrenals, that produce more cortisol, as well as more epinephrine, norepinephrine, and insulin. So knowing how you respond to caffeine is super important here because some people are less sensitive to caffeine than others. Others, man, it just amps you up, makes you anxious, makes you mood swings, maybe even makes you feel a little bit rageful and definitely has you dealing with that mental chatter later at night. So just kind of know where you stand with caffeine and act accordingly, right? Just make chains accordingly. So the goal is to have it support your productivity if you're down with caffeine, but not hinder your health. I also recommend stopping caffeine after 12 p.m. And if coffee is too much on your body, it's worth trying matcha or there's a lot of other drinks on the market. One of my favorite companies right now is Rasa, which is a coffee alternative or mud water, which is another coffee alternative. So just some things to consider if you're looking for alternatives, but you still want that morning cup of hot amazingness, right? Now in regards to alcohol, it also raises your cortisol, especially most of the time we're drinking it at night, right? We're not day drinking anymore. So when you drink it at night, it raises cortisol, that disrupts your sleep, and it absolutely messes with your insulin levels. And when you have poor sleep quality, guess what? It also messes with your insulin levels. It makes you more insulin resistant the next day. And let me tell you, I have been tracking this. I have a CGM on right now, a continuous glucose monitor, and my sleep hasn't been the most stellar for quite some time now since Kingston was born. 
And I have noticed, like, although I've optimized my blood glucose level and my insulin levels, I have to super stay on it because sleep is a major contributor to it getting all thrown off. So I've seen it firsthand where sleep has totally messed up my metabolism because I've just got nothing in the tank. I'm so low resourced. Now, chronic disruption of cortisol with a couple of glasses of wine at night will lead to more insulin resistance, more metabolic dysfunction, more oxidative stress, and, you know, and poor sleep performance, and then in turn, low energy, right? Alcohol is definitely not our friend. I have a whole episode on alcohol. If you want to go and listen to it, it is... I think it's pretty good (laughs) because it really breaks it down, like what it's doing to our hormones. But I know not everyone's trying to hear all that, but it is inside of my podcast. I would say it's in the, I did it in the last three months. It's definitely worth listening to or even sharing it with somebody who you think may need to listen to it. Now, number five, I highly recommend especially if you scored three or more on that assessment earlier, that you got to bring on in some adaptogenic herbs like rhodiola and ashwagandha. These work and they work because they downregulate the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which is literally the loop, right? And this is the stress response system. So, or drinking chamomile tea or holy basil tea, also known as Tulsi tea. I make a wicked iced Tulsi tea that is in my menopause book as well. And here's the thing about using supplements and herbs to support your brain and lowering the stress response system. They can really, really go in and reset the stress response system, whether you like it or not, right? Even on days when I can't get in all my self-care because my nanny is late or Kingston needs me, or I have a meeting that starts really early for whatever reason, like, right, life happens. I always take my supplements and I eat healthy and I move my body in some kind of way. And these are the pillars that have made the most massive difference for me. Someone who has had major chronic fatigue and stress issues in my life. Now, I know I've mentioned these herbs before, but they are always worth repeating. So ashwagandha, which is amazing. I do want to just a little disclaimer. If you do have an autoimmune condition, it's worth looking and seeing if you have sensitivity to this because it kind of falls in the nightshade category. I do not have an issue with ashwagandha and I have an autoimmune condition. So just something to consider. But ashwagandha boosts the ability to combat chronic stress levels while restoring proper reproductive function especially when we are really struggling with intimacy. Other benefits including supporting memory and cognition while alleviating symptoms associated with depression and anxiety without side effects. Now, rhodiola, probably my favorite of the two, helps to fight stressors that plague the body to revitalize overall wellness as an adaptogenic herb. The mind-body connection greatly benefits from its incredible rejuvenating properties to balance mood and fight symptoms of fatigue and distress. Combining these two create an amazing blend to sustain energy that revitalizes your mind and your overall body. Now, although I've shared five effective ways to actively reduce the stress response system, I want you to know that you don't have to do all of them. What I recommend is thinking about those, the five that I mentioned, the adaptogenic herbs, reducing caffeine and alcohol, looking at heart rate variability, sending safety signals to the brain, right? And meditation. I recommend choosing one or two to start 
so that you can kind of create a cadence for yourself on a day-to-day basis. The goal is never to overwhelm you with more to do rather than support you during a time when you really need to protect your energy and your emotional well-being. Now, personally, I focus on sending my brain safety signals by doing my morning rituals every day or most days. I gratitude journal while using my oils. I often use citrus oils or frankincense and sandalwood. And I love making a half coffee, half adaptogenic drink every single morning to kind of support me there. Um, I also take game-changing supplements to support the stress response system, as I mentioned earlier. And when I'm feeling super anxious or I feel like I've got a lot going on, I'm feeling really triggered, I take this blend that I formulated called Calm and Restore, which immediately takes the edge off. It is an instant chewable calm supplement it's got pharmagaba in it it's a part of the essentially whole supplement line it's one of those that doesn't get as much credit as it deserves but both alex and i use common restore when we are feeling like just frozen like you ever had that freezing moment where you just feel stuck or you're feeling overwhelmed or you've got some anxiousness this has been a game changer now i pair common restore with calming essential oils like lavender chamomile and cedarwood at the same time and i take some deep deep belly breaths usually six count in eight count out it's again a game changer for me now personally you know as i'm a, <laughs> I'm a toddler mom right now So self-care looks different for me than before I had Kingston. In the morning, um, which again is my only time, I walk outside with my coffee, even for five minutes. I use my favorite essential oils, usually citruses like wild orange or tangerine. I take one to two minutes to breathe just to kind of regulate my stress response system and send those safety signals to the brain. And then I've got my supplements that I take with a big, big, big glass of water to ensure that my adrenals, my brain, my hormones, my mitochondria have what they need for me to show up that day with as much energy and joy as I got. Now recently, I've gotten several requests to just hear about what I'm taking to manage stress and boost energy. Just note, this is my own personal protocol that is working for me at the moment. I know that you probably would need something different or a little bit different. It's just some things that I think have really moved the needle in my own health and well-being. I take rhodiola and ashwagandha and American ginseng every morning in my adrenal love blend. I am obsessed with this blend. It's one of our best-selling products because my gosh, it is doing all the things. It's working on the adrenals. It's working on the brain. It's working on the mitochondria. It's doing, it's like a trifecta, right? So many people love it because it works. The other thing that I love taking is my neuro support blend. I have one specifically for us as women to support our neurological system. It has phosphatidylserine in it, which is one of my go-to nutrients for lowering cortisol. And it is just amazing for feeling more clear, more energized, and more mentally on my game. There's choline in it. There's acetyl carnitines in it. There's a lot of super nootropics in it that just really have me playing at my best. And let me tell you, after having mom brain for so long, I'm so grateful for the neuro support. Now at night, I got to have magnesium before going to bed always. It literally shuts down the mental chatter. I take it with the Zen sleep. And given how desperate I am for sleep these days, I want to make sure that I fall asleep the second my head hits the pillow. And this combination always does the job. I usually take it 30 to 45 minutes before going to bed. And then lastly, to stabilize blood sugar levels and help to support mitochondria and insulin sensitivity, I take 500 milligrams of vitamin C, 200 micrograms of chromium, and 500 IUs of vitamin D and K2. 
I would also recommend berberine, like 500 milligrams of berberine, but I don't recommend that to pregnant mamas or breastfeeding mamas. So I'm breastfeeding still, so I'm not taking berberine, but once I'm done breastfeeding, I will. And then luckily, you know, because this matters to me, I carry a lot of these in my essentially whole store at therapeutic and effective dosages because our bodies really need like that therapeutic dosage to get the benefit and the reset. Because let me tell you, I am so over taking supplements that don't move the needle for me. It is a waste of my time and money and health. And you know, our health is worth too much to not take supplementation and nutrition seriously these days. Now I'm gonna have a link to the supplements I mentioned in the show. Especially I have an energy bundle that's got the adrenal love and the common restore. So you can get that as a combo and they're always discounted my bundles. And then if you're new shopping to the Essentially Whole store, just go to the site and you instantly get 10% off your entire order. So definitely go and check that out. And at the end of the day, the big takeaway from this episode is that chronic stress is not doing any of us any favors. We know that, right? Especially when it comes to our energy and our metabolism. Luckily, there are things that we can do about it literally today. But the big takeaway here is it is important that we are consistently implementing these strategies and tools on a daily basis. And as much as I want you to hear that, I definitely need to hear that as well because I know that when I'm consistent, man, everything shifts for me. And again, the self-care, the supplements, nutrition and the emotional and stress regulation rituals that I do every day are, I have to, I just have to do them. They're absolutely necessary to maintain a calm nervous system. And especially right now where I feel like I'm just in a season where I just feel more lit up than ever before. So I hope that this episode helps you. I know a lot of the things that I'm reintegrating back into my life are helping me. Um, and again, always thank you so much for listening in to the Essentially You podcast today. This show is all about providing you tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. Now, if there's someone that needs to hear this, goodness knows there are people in my life that I don't need to hear this. Take a moment, screenshot the episode, shoot it on over via text message or share it on social. That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy. And if you do share it on social, hashtag hormone CEO. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.